0: Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you that as we get set to receive your word, we realize that you are here, that your anointing is here. It's the burden removing, yoke destroying power of you, Father God. It is here. He is here rather, Father God. He is here to remove burdens, destroy yokes, to cause us to walk in peace and to walk by faith. Father, we just give you all the glory that your word would go forth unhindered, and according to your plan, you would have free reign in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Amen. Now, before you before you're seated, give somebody a hug and say, "Guess what? I'm free." Amen. Give him a hug and tell him you're glad they're here. I'm free, and I'm glad you're here. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. How many of y'all are glad to be here tonight? Amen. I'm glad you are here. Amen. All of you. Amen. God is good. Amen. 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 I tell you what, uh, last week, guys, have you missed being here with Chris and Tanya blessing? Man, you missed a blessing. Holy smokes, man. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, she said this uh, from Second Kings 4. She said this. She said uh, that we should never say that we have nothing. Never say that we have nothing. It may feel like we have nothing. But we should never say we have nothing because we have. God, we have Jesus, she said something else that really got to me. And and there were two things, two major things. And I, I wrote them down. And I want to talk quickly about those. Uh, I'm sad to say, guys, we did not we were not able to record it. Uh, something went wrong in the recording. We missed out on that. But it was good. But she said these two things. One, she said uh, of the of the widow woman, she said that God told her through Elisha to go and borrow pots, not a few. And she said this about it. She said that those pots were probably made out of clay. What did God form you in with? Out of the dirt of the earth, clay, made clay, right, to form you into who you are. And it said that she went and borrowed all those pots that she could that were made out of clay. And then as she poured used the oil that she had, God began to fill each one to overflowing, as many as were present. That's good. Because she said that about the the pots. And when she said it about the pots, immediately that part came up to me. And I was like, God, that's you saying that you want to fill us with oil. That's the Holy Ghost. amen? Amen. To be filled with oil. Why? So that we can accomplish what God has set us to do, because guess what? The oil that filled those pots was sold to take care of the need. Now, here's the deal. I want to make sure I say this and then I got to get to point number two, because it's not even a message. This is just recap. So I got to get going. But she uh, but this is what I, I, I saw about this in the oil coming in. One of the things that had to take place was she had to go get the pots. Yeah. So that they could be present to be filled. Guess what pastor trying to say to you now? Go get the pot. Go get the pots. Are you ashamed to go knock on your neighbor's door? Two people aren't one person really. was only Mary Ann. Really. Are you ashamed to knock on your neighbor's door and ask for the pots? See, because those pots represent people, people who need to be present to be filled. Now, I want to challenge you. I want to I want to encourage you. Go and get the people. Bring them so that they may be filled. Amen. Now, the second thing that was there was this. This is the the next part. And she said this, and I think I said it about four times after she finished. She said, it's the servants who see the miracle. It's the servants who see the miracle. That's good, man. God began to speak with me, uh, speak with me about that is this thing right here. Servants are those who are willing to submit and then obey. Are, are, are you a servant? Or are you just trying to be served? And that's that's important for us to understand. Where do I fit in this? Am I a servant or am I just coming to be served? That's going to be major in all of this. And and, and and the key part about this, guys, is if I'm not willing to obey God and do what he's calling me to do, I'm going to miss out on the blessing. And we have nobody to blame but ourselves. I want to continue on because last week we talked about this and, um And uh, excuse me, two weeks ago we talked about this, and I want to get back to Paul. But we talked about Paul, and Paul was saying to us, and we talked about his story, and we talked about how after everything that took place with him, the end of his message was, I need you. Matter of fact, let's go there. Ephesians chapter 1. Let me reread that. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 16, I believe. Amen. starting in verse 16. And it says this, See, uh, he ceased not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This is Paul writing back to the Ephesians, those in Ephesus, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? And we talked about Paul and we talked about him being Saul. We talked about his life of persecuting Christians, right? And then we talked about after his conversion and we see him in prison now and he's not praying for people, more people to go and be wealthy. He's not talking about more people to go and build churches. What he's talking about in his latter days is he's writing back to these people who are in the midst of turmoil. And he's saying that this is my prayer for you, that you would have wisdom in the knowledge of God, and the eyes of your understanding would be in light. Now, 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 tying this back to this, this little woman, I want to say something about her, that she was bold enough in her story to go and be willing to ask of people, even in the midst of her distress, She didn't use an excuse. You don't know what I'm going through. The the, the bill collectors are coming to take my children. She didn't use that and say, I deserve to be served. Why is it that I got to do something, God? Why can't you just come through? She was willing to go and ask of her neighbors. That meant she had to let them in on what was happening. That might be a little embarrassing that they going to take your kids because you ain't got enough to pay your debts. But she didn't let that stop her. She was bold enough to go. And now here is Saul, Paul. Let me tell you a little bit about Paul because I need you to understand this piece here as, as the middle part of his story. You guys may have missed this, but Saul... Matter of fact, let's go to Philippians first. Just turn on over to Philippians chapter three. And we're going to start, I believe, let's start in. In. uh, In verse three. It says, for we are the circumcision, which worship God in the in the spirit and rejoice in Christ and having no confidence in the flesh. He's talking to the Philippians and he's talking about how, listen, the Jews were the ones that God came to first. And the promises came through them and that they had a chance to be bold in this. And then he's going to tell, listen, he's going to tell his story about who he is. And he says this, he says, though I might have, excuse me, also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I'm more basically what he's saying, because that's King James. Sometimes you can get lost in that. He's saying, guess what? If you thought you had a reason to be bold and to boast in your flesh because you thought you had it going on. I had more reason. Let me tell you why what happened with me in verse uh, uh, five. He said he was circumcised the eighth day. He was of the stock of, of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. A Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, he was a Pharisee concerning zeal, my, my, my excitement for, the, for, for serving the Lord. I persecuted the church, touching, my, right, touching the righteousness, which is of the law, saying that by the law's standard, I was blameless in his mind. But what things were gained in me, those I count lost for Christ. Let's think about this. Saul was a, kid, was a young man who sat at the feet of the top teachers of the law. I said this once before in a message uh, back before we broke uh, for, for Christmas. He said this. Listen, he sat and what we would see is he went on the track of Harvard and all of the schools, the upper echelon schools where he sat and he learned. He was from a stock where he was able to be. He came from a wealthy family. Right. He was a part and moving up in the ranks of the highest society at that time, which was the Pharisees. He was on his way going. And this is what happens on his way that he's that he's one of the top kids. He's got a reputation of being the man. And here he is on his way. He went to going to Damascus in order to persecute the church. And he has an encounter with Jesus. And in this encounter with Jesus, he has the eyes of his understanding open. Where before he had knowledge, but he didn't have wisdom. He had some some head knowledge about who God was and what he needed to do, but he didn't have the eyes of his understanding enlightened. And here he is, here he is, after he gets saved, He's got to go back to all the same people who he used to hang with and who said, man, you're doing a great job persecuting the church. And now go back and tell them. I follow this Jesus that I once persecuted. And we know from what they said, let's go. Let's go to uh, 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 John. Chapter 16, I believe that's where I want 12, I'm sorry. 12. John chapter 12. Let's go there real quick in verse 42 and 43. I know I'm going to a lot of scriptures. I'm trying to get something in before I go on. Alright? And it's talking about. Here's the backside of Jesus talking. And some things are happening in verse 42. It says, nevertheless, among the chief rulers that's talking about with the Pharisees. Also, many believed on Jesus, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess Jesus. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they love the praise of men more than the praises of God. Now, you've got to remember, at this time, Saul is seeing those who have ever said that they follow Jesus lose everything in the natural. And here he is having to go back and do the same. And I'm sure they said, boy, we thought you were smarter than that. You're a fool for following Jesus. Don't you know everything that you're going to lose in following Jesus? All the struggle that you will now have, because guess what? Just because you're out doesn't mean we're not going to persecute. Just because you used to be one of us doesn't mean we'll not capture you and hang you. And here he is. In this situation, and I say again, I want you to understand that many people miss the blessing because they're not willing to obey because they're afraid of what might happen. See, the Bible says in Proverbs uh, uh, 9 and 10, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But what happens with most of us or most people, I should say, is that we have more fear of man than we do of God and we lack wisdom. That's why the church has been so powerless. Because we've allowed what people may say. And what things we may lose to stop us from being servants that would obey. Because do you remember, the servants are the ones who see the miracles. And so in this case, here is Saul who has had this opportunity and he's had everything stripped. At the end of it, here he's still saying, hey, this is my prayer for you. Not that you'll keep all your stuff. Not that people will treat you good. His prayer is that you'd have wisdom. You'd have the knowledge of him and the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Are you still with me? But fear, instead of the right fear, causes us to be powerless. And we're in a situation, listen, we're in a situation where we are not able to move forward because of that fear. We're not able to see God's blessings because of that fear. We're not able to accomplish what God has said to do because of that fear. Not the fear of the Lord, but the fear of what man might do. I look at this and I go, you know, The church lacks so much because we're afraid to stand up for what is right. Did you know that people are afraid to even pray anymore because of what might happen? Can I ask you a question? Do we only serve God when it is convenient for us? John, uh, no, yeah. John chapter 16. Let's go there real quick. I promise this is this is one of the last ones. John chapter 16 and verse 33. I hear so many people say that they're struggling. And the struggle may be real, but I want you to understand this. Jesus said this, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace in the world. Uh, excuse me, peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Let, let me say this. The fear that we have that leaves us powerless in this church or in the church period is because, listen, we've not uh, come to terms with struggle. We've not come to terms with struggle. Jesus says, in this life, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have struggle. Did you know that you struggled to exit the womb? That's what labor is. It's your struggle, right? The mother feels the pain, but it's the baby that's struggling to break free. In order to exit, it's struggle. That's how your life begins. If we went back, can I say this? If we go back even farther, the parts that go to connect the sperm and the egg, they got to struggle to meet. There are millions of sperm that are released to go find the one egg. And it has to struggle through harsh conditions just to get to start your life. And you think that because you became a believer, you were going to lose all struggle? That's why, again, the church is weak. Because we serve God when things are good. We praise him when it's good. Yeah, everything good. And when things don't go the way we think they should, we're angry. We're mad at God. Why you don't want to do it right, God? Why you can't just do this for me? When we need something done, we come to God all holy. Yes, Lord, I have prayed for the last three nights. I've read my Bible. Now I'm coming to ask you, God, for it. And then as soon as we get what we asked for, we're back to doing the same stuff. And God says, are you only serving me for my hand? So I allow struggle to come to develop you. Do you guys remember what James 1 says? Count it all joy when you fall into diverse testings or struggles. Knowing this, that those struggles are developing consistency in your life. And without that, listen, listen, I was sitting down talking to a buddy of mine. You guys know Spencer, man, right? Big boy, big boy. Spencer, man, we go to the gym. He can bench press way more than me. I'm a big boy, too, but I ain't as strong as him. Now, you know how he got to the place of how much he could bench press? Struggle. And God says this. Listen, listen, this. you got to get this. you got to get this piece of struggle. God does this. It, it, let me back up and tell you about that. If God were to put three, uh, 350 pounds on me right now to bench press, all it would do is my arms would do this and I'd be out of breath because it'd be sitting on my chest crushing me. I can't handle that right now. Right? But as I do the 185, the 205, the 225, the struggle that comes, all of the struggles that come with that, the strain that I feel of the 225 as I'm working, then 225 becomes easier. And then 250 and then 275, right? Until I get to 350 that I can handle now. But you want 350 when you can only handle 25 and you mad when God doesn't give you 350 because he knows 350 will kill you. So, the struggle is there to bless you. It's to put you in the position to be able to handle what God wants to give you, of where He wants to take you. But we curse God for the struggle. And we're mad when we struggle. And we're mad when we have times where things don't work the way we thought they should. And they're a blessing from God. I know nobody wants to hear that. That's not good preaching in church, right? You want to hear everything is good. Everything you ask for you're going to get. Not without struggle. Go to go to Romans real quick, Romans 5. Romans 5. He says this. Here. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 skipped over it Romans 5 and 1 it says this therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace man that's faith a couple of times in there already right Wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in what? Come on, say that out. Tribulations. Also knowing that tribulations work consistency and consistency experience. See, God's trying to get experience to you so you can know how to handle what he's trying to place with you. And then when you have experience, you have hope and hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, stop there. Pause there. Pause there. Now, I said this. I said that the church is without power because the problem is we have too much fear of man. We're not willing for the struggle. Right. We have fear of man. We don't want the struggle. And so the church Lacks power. We only want to praise God when things are going well. We don't want to praise him when things are hard. And so we lack power. And things slow down. But God says, listen, if you go through it, you'll gain hope. But I want you to understand this piece of the powerless that God doesn't leave us there. See, God doesn't leave us in the place where we're failing. See, I don't I don't want to leave you at the end of that story. I want you to read the rest of it now, because listen to this. Listen to this. It says this in, in, in verse six. It says, for when we were yet without strength. See, you missed that. See, because the thing about it is. Is that my lack of strength to be able to stand up and be bold when I'm fearful. My lack of strength to be able to stand up and to not be angry or uncomfortable when I go through struggle. My lack of strength. Right. When things are not going the way that I planned. Right. That's a lack of strength. That's what causes the powerlessness. But God, Jesus says this. The Bible tells us this, that when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Here it is where he's saying that although you are without strength, Christ still comes in for you. He still comes in to undergird you in the places where you fail as long as you allow him to. Do you understand this? See, This message is not one to shout over because most of us don't understand this. There are a lot of people that will struggle with just hearing this. Because we don't understand that God is sharing this with you because he's trying to get you somewhere else. Because the last part of the the verse last really the last thing, guys, because I'll talk about wisdom next week is this, go back to Ephesians 1. Paul says this after he says that uh, our God, uh, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation and knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding and being enlightened. Listen, listen, why? That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his his inheritance to the saints. The riches of his glory as an inheritance to you if you're willing to believe and turn that into faith. But the problem is that the enemy stifles you at struggle. Allow Christ to be your strength when you struggle. Don't run from him in struggle. Don't curse him in struggle. Don't be angry in struggle. Don't hide in struggle. Let him be your strength in struggle. One thing I did I I forgot to say about this is, is that. when we talked about when we lack strength, it never said that we lacked love for God. See, I want you to remember that. I'm, I'm not saying this to condemn. I'm saying this to build. It never said that you didn't love God. You lacked love for God. It never even said you lacked knowledge of his word. It never even said you lacked want to. You know how many times I love my wife and she's strong. I, I give it to her. She really is strong. She's, she's tough. Some, I, there are times when we're playing and I'm like, man, I thought I could hang on to you. She's too strong. But there are many times that she hands me a jar that she can't open. It's not that she didn't have a desire to open it. It's not that she didn't want what was, the, what was in the contents of the jar. She just lacked the strength. And she needed help to open the jar. That's the thing that God is trying to get to you, the help to overcome the weakness. He loves you, and he doesn't leave you without. He's trying to build you, and when the struggle is overwhelming, he gives strength when you are without strength. Amen? Amen. That that is something that I want you to... I just want you to hear, I I know all this week, over and over as I had this message planned, I wanted to talk more about the wisdom side of it, but all I kept hearing from people was, I'm tired of struggling. Why is it that I have to struggle to pay my rent? I got to struggle to pay my bills. I got to struggle to get food. I got to struggle to have this happen. I got to struggle in my body. I got to struggle, 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 struggle. And God said to me, They've got the wrong idea about struggle. They've been trying to do it on their own rather than giving it to the Lord and saying, God, what are you developing me to be able to move past? And to. Do not lose sight that struggle. Listen, the struggles that you face may not come from God, may not be that God is doing them. Let me make sure I make that clear. But God will allow them to build you. But never to destroy. you. Turn to him for strength. Now, I'm going to say this and this uh, I'm going to say this. I'm finished. I'm finished. And because I'm going to teach the rest next week. But I want to say this. Those of you, those of you who had your eyes, the eyes of your understanding uh, enlightened, you heard it. Now process it and share it. Because there are people here, even in this room, who didn't hear it. They missed it. Not that they didn't want to, remember? Not that they weren't listening. They missed it. Now that you have heard, it is your job to get the pots It's your job to get the pots. See, now I've done my part that God poured in me to give. Right? Now it's your responsibility to love your brothers that when you have it, now share it from your understanding. Because maybe they can hear it then. And maybe the people that aren't in this room are people that you're going to talk to as well. But go get the pots, so they may be filled. Amen? Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word being true and forever settled in heaven. Father God, we just give you all the glory and all the praise. We honor you because you're here, because you love us, because you sent your son to die for us, because we've been hidden in Christ and we're the righteousness of you, God, in Christ Jesus. But Father God, I thank you that tonight that, that, that we could hear That we should run to you in the midst of struggle so that when we were without strength in due time in the right time at the right moment at the perfect possible time Christ died for the ungodly he died so that we might have strength I thank you father for your love and mercy. Again, for your grace. Come on, if everyone would just take a minute, just just lift your hands and just repeat this after me. Say, Father, come on, come on, everybody, repeat this after me out loud. Father, Father, I thank you for loving me enough to give me strength when I'm weak to open the eyes of my understanding that I may see you that I may know you that I may walk with you that I may recognize your presence and rest in you father i thank you that you are faithful and we love you. And we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.